Thank you for coming to the podcast. Top Turtle MMA podcast on flowcombat.com is brought to you by my favorite MMA and BJJ clothing brand. I, of course, am talking about ADK Fightwear. This family-owned business is nestled in the Adirondack Mountains of New York, and they bring you high-quality fight gear with graphics that pop. So whether you're training for the next EBI, trying to win your local tournament, or just trying to get into better shape, meet them at the top of whatever mountain you decide to climb. And when you're ready to take on that next goal, you can head to ADK Fightwear and enter in promo code TURTLE for 10% off your entire order. ADK Fightwear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com and we have the pleasure today of speaking to Mike Rodriguez who fights Devin Clark at UFC 223 on April 7th. Uh, Mike, this is going to be the first fight you've had in almost eight months uh, since your devastating KO of Jamel Jones on the Contender Series. Was that by design? Were you working on things? Or is this something you wish you could have gotten done quicker? Well, I was... uh... I was injured for a little bit, but then uh, after the injury, it, they just wasn't booking me for anything. So I was just hanging out and training. Ah, so was that particularly frustrating? I mean, I know you're uh, you're a Massachusetts guy, so with UFC 220 happening not that long ago, was that frustrating to you? Oh, man, it was the worst. All my friends were fighting, and I wasn't. It sucked. <laughs> Yeah, and that's uh, that's probably pretty tricky. And I, I mean, I know you got quite a few friends on uh, this fight card as well, or at least some more northeastern guys. And that's sort of what I wanted to talk about next. Seemingly overnight, the northeast MMA scene, especially Massachusetts, is kind of like on the map. Rob Font ranked, Calvin Katara's ranked, you, Manny Bermudez, Matt Bissett, uh, Bochniak and Lozon are on this card. How crazy is it that all of these guys who you sort of like came up through the ranks are now right here in the UFC. Yeah, it, it's awesome. It's funny that you said that. Me and uh, me and Cater was talking about that uh, the other day, and he had put it best. He was like, "It's like we all just graduated. Mm-hmm. It was like we're all graduated together. Like we was all in the same graduating class." And he's like, "And it's awesome, like just all together and everything. So it, it's great." Yeah, every every single time I look at a UFC card, especially like I said, the Boston one, and and now this one, it looks like. Uh, a CES MMA card from like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, let, let's talk a little bit about that too. Um, so I'm going to keep with the Massachusetts theme here, being a Massachusetts guy myself. So Lozon's your training oh, okay. partner. You're on, on an MMA card with Joe Lozon. Uh, you know, obviously uh, he's helping you get ready for your debut, but what wise words has maybe he shared with you uh, as you're getting ready for your big UFC debut? Um, he, well, he, what he always kept told me is that, um, he's like, just remember from CES to the UFC, from Twin River to, you know, to fighting at the Barclay. He's like, it's the same shit. Nothing changed. Only thing is the lights are brighter and there's can't, there's more cameras, but that's the same shit. So don't, don't get frazzled. Don't, don't let it bother you or anything. Don't let it get to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so yeah. I want to talk about I want to talk about one of your CES fights too, because I've actually uh, covered CES live like three or four times uh, and saw maybe one of my favorite KOs of all time. So obviously, your flying knee KO uh, last time out was pretty crazy, but I know that you had a pretty crazy one on the Bassett Kroom card as well. Uh, 
the push kick KO in seven seconds. Would you put that as your number one uh, craziest KO, or is the flying knee taking over that? Um, I would say the flying knee. Yeah. Yeah, the flying knee was was, was special because um, it also was oh, the wake of my uh, one of my closest friends and training partners, Devin. Darren Kara, he uh he passed away. Passed away what, like a week before that fight? So we um so like I I just had went to his wake that day and um I was trying to rehydrate and everything. You no, know, the day before weigh-ins, uh, after weigh-ins, we went to his wake and I was like sitting in the sun and everything and and I just wasn't feeling like in a fighting mood going into fight day. And then me catching that flying knee was just like the cherry on top. It was like, this is perfect. Yeah, and I, I can't even imagine going through all of that with a weight cut at the same time. Um, let, let's, talk yeah. about your, let's talk about your upcoming fight too, man, because I, I know uh, while where you're coming from is super interesting, I know where you're going is about to be real interesting too. This is probably the biggest card of the year. Are you hyped up on the card as a whole, or are you just so focused on what you're doing, uh, you know, you, it's almost like you can't focus on it? Well, yeah, like, well, I'm more focused on, on me, but second, I'm also a fan, mm-hmm. so I think this fight card is nasty, and uh, I can't wait to stick around to see the rest of the fights after my fight. So, um, yeah, the card is just stacked, mm-hmm. but I, I've been more in tune with my own fight like with my own fight but it's also just crazy when when someone's like oh yeah it's your fight and this person's fighting that person i'm like damn oh wow that's awesome that person's fighting too (laughs) so yeah yeah and that was gonna be my second question with so many massachusetts fighters and it just being a sick guard you're planning on getting back out there as quickly as possible huh yeah i'm i'm like i'm glad i'm kind of glad i you know I, i get to fight I'm second on the card, so mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. It sucks because I'm gonna miss uh, Botniak's fight. Mm-hmm. He's fighting before me, so uh, well, I get to hear. I'm probably gonna get, get, be able to watch it in the back. But yeah, uh, it's just it's just cool, like you know, to see us all fight on that card. Yeah, absolutely. But, and yeah, and apart I'm, apart from obviously the uh, the two title fights, what fight are you maybe the most excited to get a chance to watch live? To watch, uh, I would have to say the girls, man. Rose and, and, and Joanna. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a huge Joanna fan, and I think she's gonna get her title back. Oh yeah, you you like Joanna to beat uh, Rose? What what do you like about Joanna to beat Rose? Um, Joanna, I love the way she fights. The way her Muay Thai is so crisp. I love. I'm a huge fan of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I just like her attitude. How she just don't give a fuck. Cause she always like, even though everybody loves her she still like comes off as like a a villain she's like kind of like a dark hero in mm-hmm. a sense you know what i mean so i think that's pretty cool and everybody is talking about the main event dude that paul felder fight and i like quinta that's gonna be a banger man and yeah people those, sleeping on that fight those dudes just throw like crazy <laughs> yeah that's yeah. gonna be a banger people are definitely sleeping on that fight so that's another fight i'm looking forward to watching too yeah, and we're super pumped about the whole card as well because there's not a not a bad fight on the whole card. I I looked, couldn't find no. one even if I tried. Yeah. So I, I gotta ask you too. Anybody who follows you on social media knows uh, you're a big video game guy. Um, I, I had to ask with the new UFC game just you know recently coming out, not that long ago. 
Uh, how badly do you want one of those updates to have you on there, and what would it sort of mean for you if it did? Oh, that I mean, that would be awesome. That would be really cool. To just uh, it would scratch something off my bucket list to be in the video game. So that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to close here. You know, usually I, I talk about a prediction, uh, but obviously, you know, we, we got lots of big expectations for you against Devin Clark. I wanted to close today because we talked a lot about the local MMA scene in Massachusetts, and I thought this was a good opportunity to sort of put that out there again. Who's one teammate maybe that you have that might be on the verge and we might be seeing joining you with your other teammates on a card in the next year or two? The next um – I would have to say, honestly, a uh, buddy of mine, Marty Nevis, mm-hmm. fights. He's a one seventy. He's an amateur. He uh, he's dude's getting good, man. He's a beast. He's helped me a lot with this camp. Um, you'll see a lot of other guys. You'll obviously see Nate Andrews up there. He mm-hmm. trains a lot with us. Um, you'll see another another two hundred five who helped with this camp, John McNeil. Um, Fabio, Fabio Chavez, he's also another guy you'll see. And, like, the list goes on, man. I can sit here and tell you all day, tell you guys that are going to be there soon. Well, we're, we're certainly looking forward to it as much as we're looking forward to uh, your fight with Devin Clark. So we, we will end today, too, uh, with that prediction on Devin Clark. Now that I'm thinking about it, I do want to hear it. What, what are we looking for uh, for a finish out of Mike Rodriguez in his UFC debut? Well, you know, I always come to finish, but I'm I'm trying to knock, I'm going to knock him out in the second round. All right, there you heard it there. Mike Rodriguez fights Devin Clark at UFC 223 on April 7th, and he's calling the second round KO. Mike, thanks again for the time, and we hope to catch up with you after the big win. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having. Me. And that interview was, of course, brought to you by Dead Frog Brewery. Dead Frog is a Canadian craft brewery nestled just outside of Vancouver. They bring you high-quality brews with no pasteurization and no preservatives, just good, clean beer. So if you're a fan of craft beer, or even if you aren't, check out their Green Magic IPA. It'll make a believer out of you. And if you don't believe me, head on over to deadfrog.ca and see their whole line or pick some up at your local liquor store today. And we, of course, are Dave and Dan with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and that was Mike Rodriguez. Dave, what'd you think? Uh, you know, I liked what he was saying about putting Massachusetts MMA somewhat on the map. I mean, he's from Lozon MMA, uh, and it feels like uh, maybe when Joe Lozon finally retires, he might start pumping out UFC fighters as sort of a UFC uh, fighter factory. Yeah, and, and to some extent he already has, right? Bochniak trains with him. He's fighting, you know, the super prospect, Zabit, this weekend, or uh, next weekend. Uh, Mike Rodriguez from there. Um, I don't think Calvin Cater is from there. I think he's from, uh, what's his name, Mark Delagrati up at Sichitong. But I know he cross-trains with Joe Lozon. And all four of them, along with Lozon, are on that card, which is just some insane shit right there from, you know, like such a small state that, you know, people don't necessarily think of when they think MMA. I was also thinking, I think Devin Powell comes down there from Maine because didn't he, like, uh, lose a testicle training at Lausanne MMA, if, if I'm not mistaken <laughs> from the story? Or it some... exploded. I'm pretty sure the, the testicle exploded. But I, I'm, I, like, I want to say in my head that it happened at Lausanne MMA. Oh, which... it, it did. It, Joe Lausanne, I'm pretty sure, is the knee that, that injured the testicle. <laughs> But yeah, I like our guy Mike Rodriguez, and obviously just to be a part of 223 is freaking awesome because it's the funnest card, or the card I think I've been most excited about since maybe... 
I guess the GSP Bisping and MSG card. I don't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean that one was crazy just because it was three title fights. But this one's up there too. The, for, if, for not sorry to interrupt for not having the title fights. This is like a MMA nerd's wet dream. I legit looked at this fight card and was trying to find one fight that I wasn't excited about. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, no. the, the worst is Artem Lobov and Alex Caceres, and I fucking love Alex Caceres. So, speaking of which, it's almost a perfect segue, like we planned this sort of thing, into <laughs> our top five this week, which again continues on the train, the celebration train of Tony versus Habib. I feel like we're jinxing this because the fight's been made we did, through. We did that last time, too. Remember, we did we did like a whole fucking segment uh, on their fight careers. You can go back in the archives. Last April, we did an entire show about their fight careers, and then Tiramisu struck, and the fight didn't happen. <laughs> so, I feel like we're jinxing this again, but hey, you know what? We had a success. Successful Habib top five performances last week. We're going to roll into Tony top five performances this week, all with the help of, the, of our Twitter followers at Top Turtle MMA. Don't be afraid to hit us up there. Let us know if you like our list. Let us know if you hate our list and if we forgot something. Uh, but we've really been enjoying putting these lists together and uh, the feedback has been good as well. So I'm pretty excited about the Ferguson top five performances we're going to do right now. Uh, it should be noted that, of course, in the Top Turtle MMA family, I am the Habib fanboy. Tony or <laughs> Gumby is the Tony fanboy. So you're going to be leading this list. So I will ask you, Gumby, are you ready for the Combat Countdown Top Five Tony Ferguson performances? Oh, I'm very, very ready. All right, cue the weird guy to play our intro. It's time for the Combat Countdown. All right, Gumby, we will kick off. Tony Ferguson's top five performances, starting with number five, and it's Abel Trujillo at UFC 181. Yeah, and so when I came up with this countdown, most of my Tony Ferguson picks here center around sort of what I feel is his greatest attribute, especially when it comes to his potential to beat Habib, and that's overcoming adversity and sort of willing a victory over uh, opponents that are just tougher than him in a lot of ways or seem that way to start. And Abel Trujillo, I think, is the first one ever to look much better than Tony straight out of the gate. He took Tony down twice in the first round uh, and came out in the second round and looked to just do the same thing, just to take Tony down and stifle him. But then Tony stuffed his takedowns three times got his own takedown, and freaking choked out Abel Trujillo in the second round with a rear naked choke. To me, that was the beginning of him being like, yeah, I can take a beating for a whole round and still kick your ass. I said it last week, I'll say it again. I think Tony is the perfect antidote to what Habib brings because he bends, he does not break. I like the way you did this with coming up with adversity. Uh, and it's always fun, too, to think about the common opponents because they've had a few. Of course, Habib, record 21 takedowns against Abel Trujillo, but uh, was not able to get a finish, whereas Tony was. Yeah, and, and he got a finish with a takedown of his own, and it only took one. It took one takedown. He transitioned to the back, got the rear naked choke. Craziness. Boom. Well, this next one, I have a bit of a difference of opinion on you with as far as its placement, but nonetheless, it's certainly deserving of a top five, and that's Rafael Dos Anjos at Ultimate Fight Night 98. Yeah, and for me, this one is just that he forced RDA to stand and bang with him, and in, in, in a fight that maybe not a lot of people thought 
he was the better boxer. You know, like he, he's definitely the more unconventional boxer, uh, but he fended off a lot of takedown attempts. He did take some shots early on, but he faced a guy who was just as gutsy as him and outstruck him. Uh, and maybe this one maybe didn't have as much adversity as the Trujillo one. But I feel like he fought off a lot of shit uh, that maybe he hasn't fought off in other fights. And it was against probably the best opponent he's ever fought. And that's where I was going to come in on this. I agree with everything you just said. For me, you know, and I, I, this was your list because you're the Tony fanboy. I did Habib. I'm the Habib fanboy list. But for me, on strength of opponent, I think RDA is one or two. But when you look at it through the adversity lens, you're right. There wasn't a ton of adversity in this fight. It's a great fight. I encourage fans to go back and watch it. It was five rounds. Largely contested on the feet, though. And, you know, to be quite honest, uh, it's you saw more adversity when he fought our number three guy, who was Lando Venata at Ultimate Fight Night 91. Yeah, and this one, uh, people give him a lot of shit for, for getting tagged a couple of times by Lando Venata, but you got to remember, he spent this whole training camp getting ready for Habib. Getting ready for maybe one of the most brutal takedown artists. Surprise, spinning shit. All of a sudden, right in his face. And to me, that that is a lot of adversity. To, face, to have a guy whose style could not be more different than what you were preparing for. And not only did he take some crazy strikes from Venata, he freaking went out and finished him in the second, just like he did Abel Trujillo. And to me... That that's crazy because because that's not what he was waiting for. He was not waiting for a guy who was going to throw punches with him. I agree with you completely. Venata is no cupcake, even though that was his debut. He brought the spinny shit. And actually, just one clarification, he was that that was two months after the Habib fight got canceled. So you're right. He's preparing for all the takedowns. Then they switched. Uh, Habib ended up getting Daryl Horcher. Ferguson got Michael Chiesa, who's also a very different fighter from Lando Venata. And then Chiesa dropped out two weeks before the fight, and you put in Lando Venata. That's not an easy test for anyone. I think anyone who knows Venata knows he brings it when it comes to striking, and he's a much better striker, no offense, to Michael Chiesa and a way better striker than Habib. Yeah, and and you prepare for grappler-grappler and get crazy kickboxer so I, I like what you did with that um uh, very well done uh number two it's uh the most recent we saw him in uh it was an excellent opponent although the opponent might have been a little sick with a about of staff infection as we say in the biz. <laughs> uh but that's number two kevin lee ufc 216 yeah we're not talking about kevin lee's adversity we're just talking about tony ferguson's <laughs> adversity uh and his adversity in this one is that kevin lee once again similar to abel trujillo comes out, takes him down a couple of times in the early rounds. However, Tony Ferguson doing what he does shows he's got a better gas tank and he's got a better sub game than almost anybody at 155. Um, and for that, he perseveres and sinks a sick triangle choke on a guy who is a freaking really good submission grappler and uh yeah i was gonna say off his back which let's face it this ain't ufc one through ten fellas all right the we're we're in the ufc 200s here you don't see a lot of subs off your back anymore spoiler not much alert paul craig <laughs> well right but not, <laughs> not not in the ufc and uh you know for him to do that to to kevin lee kevin lee has one loss by submission 
in his 19 fight career and guess who it's to Tony fucking Ferguson right there in that fight. Yeah. Insane. All right. And then we move on to number one, the number one Tony Ferguson performance. It's another common opponent with a and it's Edson Barbosa at the tough 22 finale. Yeah. Just a bloody freaking war. Uh, and this one, it tops for me because if, if Tony Ferguson's going to go in and be a He's going to need to make it a war like it is here with Edson Barboza. Um, and Edson Barboza, bloody. Tony Ferguson, bloody. It looked like maybe Barboza was getting the best of him. All of a sudden, we have an absolutely sick Dars joke that finishes this fight, uh, which has come to be one of the best parts of Tony Ferguson. And maybe, if, if I was looking for a prop bet out there, maybe my favorite choice of what Tony Ferguson might be able to do to Habib shooting all those takedowns. Yeah. So I love that this actually is number one, um, just because I think that adversity that he faced against Barbosa and then to get the Dars choke, I think there flashes, you know, of what could possibly happen there with Habib. I think if Habib absolutely controls him, like, you know, five rounds, 20 minutes of ground control time, it's a Habib win by decision, right? But, Mm. you know, in the later rounds, Habib's going to get tired himself, even just from top position. Yeah, has he ever gone five? Uh, I mean, maybe regional circuit, but I'd have to put the intern on that one. I'm not sure he's ever gone five. No, uh, he hasn't. And no. so four, so rounds four and five, even when he's tiring, uh, Tony can pull off a sub. He is a guy who bends. He does not break. And that's what makes the fight so freaking intriguing. And again, another common opponent with Habib, uh, you see Tony Ferguson, you know, maybe a little bit more of a finisher, certainly more of a submission artist than Habib. Habib's a little more of a ground and pound artist, which is what makes this fight so fucking intriguing. And the way I look at it, much like uh, if you think back to Nate versus Connor in the second fight, wasn't it um, Connor was probably winning round one and two. I think Nate won three. Connor definitively won four and then gassed and Nate won five. That sounds mm-hmm. right to you, right? Yeah, that, that sounds accurate. Okay. I, I, w- I would have to look, but that, I, that sounds accurate. I'm pretty sure it was something to that effect. I mean, I'd have to go back and watch myself, but that's what I'm expecting on the ground. Okay, that fight, Nate versus Connor, entirely on the feet. It was more of a boxing match with, with Habib as Connor. Is that what you're saying? As with, the, the exa- guy who tires and like exactly. it exactly. Like I can see Habib taking three out of five rounds, but I could see that fifth round Habib being tired in a grappling exchange and Tony locking in like a darts or something and almost finishing him. So I almost that's how I'm viewing it in my mind's eye. It's going to be like Nate versus Connor. But instead of taking place on the feet, it's going to be on the ground. And even though Habib might come out the winner and might take three out of the five rounds, there are going to be some moments, I think, where Tony has chances to put him away. Yeah, and I think that that is the key. If you're a Tony Ferguson fan out there like me, you're going to be rooting for him. Uh, I I think you almost have to come to grips with the fact that this will not be a dominant Tony Ferguson performance. And I think that's why I made the list like this, is that, like, he is not going to walk into here and make Habib look like he's not there. He is going to lose in a lot of spots, <laughs> and he's probably going to lose the majority of time as far as control and damage goes. But if he wins, he's going to win in uh, a perseverance spot, Scramble. late in a fight, 
scramble, or you know what, too? You know, people sleep on, on Tony Ferguson's KO power. He's got KO power. I wouldn't be surprised if late in the fight, Habib gets a little sloppy and he tags him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Funky striking. I, I like where Oh, it's super that. funky. That lead uppercut is freaking nasty. All right, so let's review here. Tony Ferguson's top five performances. Number five, Abel Trujillo at UFC 181. Number four, RDA at Ultimate Fight Night 98. Number three, the last-minute uh, two-week notice fight against Lando Venata at Ultimate Fight Night 91. Number two, the performance we just saw against Kevin Lee at UFC 216. And number one, Edson Barbosa at the Tough 22 finale. A bloodbath. They got color, as we said in pro wrestling. Barbosa wore the proverbial crimson mask. Tweet at us at Top Turtle MMA if you don't like the list. Tweet at us if you like it. We always appreciate positive feedback. Gumby, any housekeeping we got to do here as we wrap up the show? Yeah, we always like to mention that uh, we are sponsored by GarageFit. GarageFit is a online source. You can go to garagegym.net to pick up all that you need to make your home gym in your garage or outside, you can check out what they've got for you because they've got those heavy ropes in case you're working on that arm strength and endurance. If you're working on sprints, they've got weighted vests for you to get better at there. So whatever you need, I guarantee they got it. Head over to garagegym.net and see what they got for you. Boom. All right. Well, hopefully we didn't jinx this fight. We are so excited about it. Watch <laughs> by the time this podcast drops um, on our RSS feed. The fight's been called off because of Tiramisu again. But God, I hope that is not the case. Uh, thank you so much to our sponsors. Thanks to the mothership, flowcombat.com. Thanks to Mike Rodriguez for coming on and talking to us about UFC 223. We'll be back next week with more of our uh, homage to the best lightweight matchup of all time. We're going to be talking about the top five lightweight matchups in history up until this point. Uh, until then, we thank you so much for listening. I am David Tremonti. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. This was Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. We'll see you next week.